You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back to another shift on the Geek's Watch. We are here still talking about The Outsider on HBO, and guess what? Steven's going to join us this week. He wasn't here the last week when we started. Bow, bow, bow. That's my catchphrase now. So, so without giving away anything, like what did you think of the first two episodes since you weren't here last week to talk about them? Uh, in the beginning of it, honestly, I like with the the murder of the kid. Um, I it felt a lot like the comic that I had talked about as a week's watch a couple weeks prior, right? Um, called Something Is Killing the Children. Oh yeah, Ooh. felt very similar. Very but similar. Then it took a whole different turn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we will talk about episode three of the first season. I don't honestly don't know if it's going to be multiple seasons or not. I haven't, I haven't read anything about them renewing it, but I mean HBO just did Watchmen, and that they're only planning on one season for that. So maybe it's only one season for this. Uh, John, so what did you think of episode three without giving anything away? I like it more now. It's delving into the eerie in a good way. Okay, Elizabeth. I was very confused, and then I was relieved that it definitely took a turn for the supernatural. Oh, yeah. And Jessica? Yeah, I'm so happy it's supernatural. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> not I'm in okay. the opposite camp. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> You just like I, terrible I, people being in existence. I, I mean, no, like, they already I, are. I, I like. I know. I like things with supernatural stuff in it. I'm just tired of Stephen King's supernatural bullshit. Oh, I can see. Uh, yeah, he's not my favorite writing style either. So, like, I'm curious to see. Him. You don't like cocaine on page? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh-uh. No, I really don't. I don't like awkward dialogue that just really would never exist in this world. Mm. Was, was it, oh, that's, that's part of this episode. Never mind. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll get more into the actual episode after we talk about our week's watch. So, John, what did you watch this week? Well, I was poor this week, so I did a lot of YouTube watching. And I fixated on a very specific type of YouTube video. So, there's a band called Ginger. Uh, have you heard of them, Stephen? I think you'd be like the only musical inclined person to see that it's some kind of like metal band uh they have a female lead singer and uh so i saw one of their music videos and it starts off really nice and sweet and she's singing all you know harmoniously and then she goes into some crazy screamo and it it doesn't seem like that voice would come from that dainty little person it's awesome to look at (laughs) 
And I, I do know this band. Yes. Take it back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know who they are now. And yeah, uh, I, I saw the thumbnails. So I started watching uh, YouTuber reactions to that same music video because um, I don't always know what the appropriate or normal reactions to things should be sometimes. So <laughs> I want to see how other people reacted to this. And they were all priceless. As soon as she starts with the screaming and all of their eyes bug out, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, I'm in the ballpark at least for how, what's expected to be normal. But also just hearing different takes, because you'll have people from different walks of life. You'll have hip hop artists that don't normally listen to rock. You have just people that are religious, that want to deconstruct popular music for some reason. And just fans of, you know, unusual things in general, voice or coaches, um, also do reaction to these and talk about what she must be doing with her throat to get that kind of sound to come out of her and all that kind of stuff is really interesting to listen to. That was my week's okay. wish. Okay, so that's on YouTube? Yes, the band is called Ginger and the video specifically is the live version of Pisces. Is it spelled like ginger? Or is it? No, actually, that's a very good question. It's J-I-N-J-E-R, I believe. Okay. All right. So that's on YouTube. You can check them out and, you know, watch the reaction videos like John did. Uh, yeah. Elizabeth. Hey, uh, what if did anyone, oh, if anyone's sorry. listening to this right now, um, the sirens are on our end. Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah. It's not on. That's not yeah. you. That's not. They're not coming for you. They're coming for us. <laughs> for us. So. We're being swatted. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? So this week we went and saw The Gentleman, uh, Guy Ritchie's new movie. Um, it was... It was fun. It was very hard to follow uh, for quite some time, uh, but I actually ended up finding the formatting rather enjoyable because it did make it so fast-paced um, and just trying to keep track of everything. So I thought it was really well done. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I'm sure it's not spectacular for more astute moviegoers, but... Um, I enjoyed it, so... <laughs> I, I feel like you were talking exactly to me about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I went and saw that as well, and uh, it's, you know, it, I don't know, I didn't know if I was expecting a certain something, because it's Guy Ritchie, and I didn't hate the movie, I just, I think I need to watch it again just to get in a better mindset, because I was, from the trailers, I, it, to me, it really made it seem like it, they were, he was getting back to Snatch and Lockstock, like that kind of film, and it's it's... I mean, it's kind of similar subject matter, but definitely a different type of movie. So uh, I was expecting a little bit more fast pace, and I, I feel like I didn't get that. Uh, see, and I thought it was decently fast paced because there was never a particular. Uh, some of the narrative scenes, when they pull you out of the actual story, were a little slow, but that was almost like a breath of relief because it mm. was moving so quickly. And then I just wanted a chance to like, oh, okay, what just happened in the last 20 minutes? Okay, back at it. <laughs> Anybody else get a chance to see the movie? Nope. No. So that is in theaters right now. Uh, you can get a chance to go see Guy Ritchie's new movie. It's got Charlie Hunnam, uh, Hugh Grant. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Uh, oh, Colin Farrell. Like, Colin he was probably my favorite yeah. part of the whole movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was, he was great. Good job. Uh, Jessica, what did you watch this week? Uh, I watched a video game. <laughs> um, I finally finished The Jedi The Fallen Order 
video game. I played it on Xbox, but I think it's on PC. Well, it's on Microsoft and okay. um, PlayStation too. Okay. Um, it's I quite enjoyed it. It's a harder game than I thought it would be. Um, and I did uh, like halfway through, probably put it down to the lowest <laughs> play level because <laughs> I could not get past one of the bosses to save my life. So to wait, the you, can, you can change on the fly? The you can, difficulty? which because I was like, I had started on like the second level. I think it's called Jedi Knight. And then the woman below it was story mode. And I didn't do that because I felt like, oh, that'd be way too easy. And then I was doing kind of okay on Jedi Knight. There were a few moments I'd get frustrated over a giant goat killing me. But <laughs> um, but I was crazy. But yeah, that's part for the course in this game. Yeah, I was worried moving down because like other games I'd played, when you move down, you like lose a lot of progress. Like it takes you way back. But no, this one's like, oh, you can do it whenever. And so I ended up doing it for one of the boss fights. And yeah, I was like, oh my God, why I've been torturing myself for so long for no reason. <laughs> um, really, really actually like the story. It takes place not long after the Empire takes over and you play a, um, a former Jedi Padawan called Cal and he survived Order 66 and he's kind of sort of like living in the shadows ends up using the force to save somebody and now he's got inquisitors after him and a, another former Jedi that's cut themselves off from the force due to reasons. They find you, save you and tell you, hey, we got to go find a holocron and on this holocron is um, all the force sensitive kids that are going to be born. So, so that's the quest. Does yep. this game take place between three and four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's between three and four. Like like similar to Rogue One, like around that time? No, no, I think it's even before that. I think it's like... It literally starts with Order 66. Okay. Well, it doesn't start. That's a memory. It's it's a little after. It's probably maybe... Because Order 66, your character was like, I don't know, maybe 10. Because he was a Padawan. Oh, so there's a So like it's a like maybe five. I don't I don't know the exact it's time. It's Cameron Monaghan, right? The actor? Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. So I would um, assume they, they went around the same age as him, so would be, he'd be in his mid-20s? Yeah, he's about mid-20s. Mid Mid-to-late-20s? Yeah. yeah, so maybe like five to ten years after. I haven't looked up the exact okay. timeline. But um, somewhere around there. Yeah, you have to, like, he's kind of detached himself from the Force, so, like, in the gameplay, you, like, slowly learn the Force again. I was very happy to learn Force Push and just start shoving <laughs> stormtroopers <laughs> off the face. They'd start shooting at so, me and it just like boom. It might actually be closer in time to Solo's timeline then. Yeah, I think it's I think it's around there. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, how much time is in between episode three and episode four? Is it like twenty years? About Thirty years? Eighteen. 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 Oh, because the Luke age is of 18. Lucan. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, you go you don't go to as many planets as I was hoping you would, but you go to like Kashyyyk, which it's fun to see Kashyyyk and see the Wookiees and how they're dealing with the Empire trying to constantly take them over. And you go to Dothamir, which is the home of the Night Sisters, and that's fairly fascinating because I didn't know a ton about them. Um, that's where Darth Maul was raised. Yeah, and like Dothamir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you learn more the previous Jedi that you're kind of sort of following along. He was a Zifo expert, and so it's this ancient culture that's kind of sort of close to the Jedi, but they died out. And so you just learn a lot more of Star Wars lore, and the story is generally good. And 
it's it's just fun to be a Jedi. <laughs> okay. Did you experience any of the glitches or issues with the AI, like girlfriend <laughs> um, review says? Yeah, but it really wasn't. I mean, after playing Skyrim, it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, I, like, I think it's I fell through no the glitches. yeah, I fell through the world once. Like, there were a few times where the character like wouldn't do what you would think they would do, like wouldn't be able to jump a platform or something, or just slightly awkward camera angles. Um, I would say like. For nowadays, the graphics aren't amazing, which is fine. I don't need great graphics, but like I feel like they were trying to reach for really good graphics, and they just didn't quite make it. Like there was a lot of times where like the creature, like the rancor running towards you, would be like kind of blurry, and then as it gets closer, all of a sudden, oh, it's nice and clear. So just like a few times of that, but <laughs> I I quite enjoyed playing it. I would recommend it if you like Star Wars to play it. And then if you don't play video games a lot, I recommend playing it on story mode. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody else? It's a, it's a it's a Souls-like. Like yeah. they, they, it's a Metroidvania Souls-like. Mm-hmm. So it's punishing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like they would have like save points where you would meditate, but anytime that you actually like tried to get your health back, all the creatures you just killed would respawn, which makes absolutely yeah. zero sense. It's just because it's Metroidvania. Yeah. That's the whole reason they had you for like forget your por- force powers in the beginning because the trope of that kind of game. Mm. But I, I like them. Yeah, I, this would be my first time playing that type of game. Like I had heard about Dark Souls, and I avoided it because of how hard I had heard it was and how frustrating it was. And then, but this was a Star Wars one, so it's like I can get around it if it's Star Wars. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that video game is available on all your platform playing games, I mm-hmm. guess, or video game platforms. Yeah. Steven, what did you watch this week? Uh, so this week, uh, I watched an anime uh, a film, anime film that I was very excited for, and the entire internet would tell you it is fantastic. Mm. That is, in my mind and, uh, and Jess's opinion I've learned since, mm-hmm. only okay. Yeah. It's like... It, it's visually gorgeous, just like the studio's previous films, like the director's previous films. Um, well, I should say the film was Weathering With You. Um, I don't think I said the name right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's visually gorgeous. They've got a lot going on in it and everything. But it doesn't, it just doesn't come together. And that's such a bummer. So you watch this on... It was... Uh, in theaters. Yeah, released in, in theaters. theaters. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... What is the previous work that we know the, about? The previous one is called Your Name. It and was what? really huge last year, like won awards and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, even, it's, it's uh, like, yeah, Hollywood wants to do their own version of it too. Yeah. Like it, I understand why people like both of them, but I, I don't know. It like uh, I had mentioned on Twitter in a little review that I put up there. It it's it's like it's reaching for the same things that I get from Mamoru Hosoda films, like Wolf Children, uh, and other thing, other movies from him. But it just doesn't achieve it. I don't know. It's a slow. It's slice of lifey. Um, but it doesn't pay off on so many things that it sets up that I think are its best bit. Okay. Huh? definitely something that, yeah, did, you, did you watch it too Jessica? yeah i watched it this weekend too and uh, i hadn't seen wolf children so i can't compare it to that but i can compare it to your name which i liked your name i thought it was pretty good there were a few aspects of the plot that i kind of wished were different but my friend who had watched it with me she read the manga and she said that's exactly how it was in the manga too so um but this one just kind of was 
it was an interesting plot, but the things it focused on were kind of ridiculous. I really didn't like the the main character either. Yeah. Like I thought there was so much more to his character and then he, nope, he's just a normal dumb teenager. Like Yeah. And like the the use of the gun seemed like it was going to be so much more. Like they they bring in plot devices in there that are set up like they're important bits. Yeah. Like you know, it's like in a movie or a TV show, they show you one thing over and over again, mm-hmm. a character's necklace or something like that. Yeah. And it doesn't the thing doesn't really pay off in a bigger way. No, it kind of pays off in a stupid way. You're kind of like, yeah. oh, of course that's how it comes back. You're like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> but it was really pretty. It was like, <laughs> yeah. I still like no, don't they're, regret they're, going to see it on the big screen because it was just so gorgeous. But yeah, visually stunning. Um, yeah. But I think a lot of that was paid for by their sponsorships. Did you notice how many brands we saw in that movie? Oh yeah. McDonald's like, man, oh, yeah. an, an animated um, McDonald's burger, it's an animated Big Mac, it just made me want to yeah. go. I was like, I gotta go to McDonald's right now. They, like that looks. They so open, good. they open the box, and like the Big Mac, like because it's being crushed by the box, it like lifts, lifts. a little bit when it comes out, and you're, you're like, damn. Those sesame seeds Mac. just shining on top, just perfectly layered lettuce. That's it looks from all, all the plump, yoga like, material oh, they put in the bun. <laughs> no. But yeah, I, I so like I don't know. I can't recommend that one. However, you guys should all go watch Picard on CBS All Access. More on that later. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, did you give a like a, a brief synopsis of what the movie was about? Uh, there, there's, there's a, no, because um, it honestly, I feel like if you tell too much, you told the whole movie because oh, there's okay. basically yeah. three plot points. Yeah. But there's a there's yeah. a romance in like, a world filled with rain. Yeah. Got it. Like there's, there's constant rain and then there's certain girls that are called sunshine girls that can make the rain temporarily stop in a certain area for a certain amount of time. Sounds like a and weird metaphor. And it's basically about how a boy falling in love with one of those girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once again, the name of this movie is Weathering With You. Weathering With You. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Go out and see that if that's the thing that you're into. Don't believe the hype. No. <laughs> uh, I saw two movies this week. I saw Black and Blue and Marriage Story. So, Ooh. oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Black and Blue was a movie that came out last year uh, starring Naomi Harris, who you, most people know her now as Money Penny from the new James Bond movies, the Craig, Daniel Craig movies. I enjoyed the movie. I definitely enjoyed the premise a lot. Naomi Harris's performance, though, which is funny because I usually like her performances. Like she was in that um, Collateral Beauty movie with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Like she was great. Pirates of the Caribbean. Is she in Pirates of the Caribbean? Is yeah, who? She has Calypso. Yeah. Is she? Yeah. Oh. 28 days later. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wait, what? I love her. Yes. <laughs> uh, but. In this one, like her movement, her acting, like through her body, is so awkward. It's just it throws me off, especially since she's a police officer. Uh, the story is she's a police officer that sees other police officer kill people, and with her body cam, she's trying to make it back to the police precinct so that she can upload the video before the cops get her or the gang members in the terrible area that she is mm. in get her and uh she bef- she befriends uh tyrese gibson's character in the movie and he kind of helps her out 
But uh, like I said, I really enjoyed the premise and a lot about the movie. It's just her performance in general just was a little too out of place. That that might not... Yeah. yeah, maybe a little stilted, yeah. That might not have been her fault. That could have been a director choice oh, no, she was following along. No, that's absolutely <laughs> yeah. true. I'm just saying that's what really bugged me about the whole movie. Huh. Um, also, Frank Grillo's in the movie, so he plays the antagonist, and I always enjoy Frank Grillo in a movie, so mm. that, that was good. I like how his real name already sounds like a Marvel villain name. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um and then Marriage Story. So Marriage Story has been nominated for a, a couple Oscars. I know Scarlett Johansson's been nominated for Best Lead Actress, and Adam Driver's been nominated for Best Lead Actor. I'm sh- I believe it's also been nominated for Best Picture. After that, I don't know. I don't know if it got Director or uh, Best Story, Written Story or not. But um, with that being said, it is very it's a very emotional movie like emotions in the movie get like turned up to 11 and if that's something that you can't handle i would say stay away from it um but i also had an issue because i felt like the actors had to go to such an extreme emotion on camera and it's not filmed in a way so that it's sensationalized i guess if that makes sense it it's not Filmed in a way so that you're a part, you're uh, not a part of it. Like you're disconnected from it's it. It's like a fly on the walls. You're more like a fly on a wall. You're on. Did you watch this? Yes. You already saw it. Yeah. You I, talked about I, it last week, huh? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. That was. Uh, it was. It was a little. It was a little. Like the, their acting just shows, in like the scene where they're arguing in the in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, I had a hard time with that. Yeah, they really ramp it up in that one. Yeah, I've actually seen that scene because somebody did a clip of it. The screenwriter, like, there's like a little, like, video where it does the screen, the actual screenplay below the actual oh, scene. Okay. Yeah, and that that's where I, I saw that one, and I was like, oh, okay. That <laughs> <laughs> so was all on page. Yeah, yeah I mean, that talking about the big argument where he like hits the wall. Yes. Yeah. It felt like. Every single time I saw someone act at like at drama club, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It it, it was it to me. It seemed a little too forced because they had to get to such an extreme emotion. Yeah, but it's it's all a build up though. I mean, it doesn't like it's not like the movie starts there. No, it Everything doesn't start is there. Much more sublime, and you're in a different place. But yeah, things escalate. But however, like. I, I get it that they were going for a way because it's like a total 180 for Adam Driver's character because the whole time throughout the movie he's kind of like well I don't understand and I, I don't think we're going to do it that way and you know he's he's kind of calm throughout everything even mm. though you can tell everything's building up for him I just think it was too much of a 180 if that makes any sense you know what though I want to say from just like personal experience, uh-huh. that's how shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be perfectly calm and think things are going one way and then nope, things are out of control. Have both of you guys seen Blue Valentine by any chance? I have not seen Blue Valentine. That's the one with uh, J- Ryan Gosling and uh, Michelle Williams, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. John, um, that one, I was that thinking one Blue is Velvet. Okay. <laughs> the different movie. Uh, yeah. The so uh, Blue Valentine is very much like like a troubled marriage and everything like that, and I think they just they nailed that one. It feels like all of the tension and everything that 
like a bad relationship has and just like it's just shitty and a time when you try to like reclaim it and make it better and everything but no one has to yell and punch a wall to sell it yeah i yeah i mean i get that too and i think one of the other parts that really upsets me about this movie is that we don't get to see what led up to them wanting to get a divorce not really like they talk about it yeah but we don't we don't, see it. We, we don't get to see it so it, i kind of felt like I don't. You're not I don't, invested. I'm not invested. I don't get it. I don't understand why their marriage dissolved. Like it's they they keep trying to explain it to us, but that's more explaining. That's tell not show. Like I don't. I didn't get to see it, so I don't know. Maybe I, maybe in my mind, it's like I need to pick a side of who who yeah. is the, who is the right and who is in the wrong. But that that's not what the movie the is point. trying to do. Yeah, yeah this movie yeah, is trying to say it's, 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 point. it's no one's fault. They just fell out of love, kind of thing. Yeah, divorce happens. But he cheated. He but did. that was because she was no longer giving it to him, well, which she, isn't justifiable. Which means but, that they they already had a problem yeah. before he and, cheated. Well, and she already kicked him, or not kicked him out, but he was already sleeping on the couch. Like he keeps saying that he's like, I, we were already sleeping in different bedrooms. Like we hadn't been intimate with each other for a long time. Yeah. So I, and that's, I've heard this argument before. We were on a break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but they both do scummy things. They're both kind of in the right, but, but they also do things that. But then they keep playing off Scarlett Johansson's character as being like oblivious. Like, I had no idea my lawyer was going to do that, like, kind of thing. But yet she keeps going along with it. Like, it, I don't understand what the filmmaker is trying to show us at some points. But then again, it's like, maybe that's what it is. It's supposed to be like, it's all just a mystery. I mean, yeah. I, I thought it was kind of a fairly realistic take on. It, the degradation of that kind of relationship. It really could. I've never been to the, through that situation, so I, I, I couldn't tell you. Lucky. I mean, I guess, I guess, honestly, like for for you and myself, John, we're identifying with different uh, kinds of uh, relationship breaking apart movies because they were closer to our personal experience. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the custody battle part of it, I know you probably wouldn't relate to very well, but I'm like, oh. Yeah, it was just over like the TV. okay so that was our week's watch uh for that week or for this past week let's get into the outsider episode three season one uh dark uncle which is a very ominous title i mean it's it's very it brings up way, way too many bad like ideas which i don't think we really touch on in this episode touch is an odd yeah (laughs) (laughs) we need to pick we need to be careful with word selections so what did what did everybody think i mean we already went through that part but what what did how did you feel going into episode three i mean jason bateman's dead or yeah, Terry Mayne yeah. is dead, which was a dumb thing, apparently, for Steven. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're still following Ben Mendelsohn's character as he tries to figure out what actually happened to this kid. I like the episode. You didn't like the episode? I did. You I did. did? Okay. I liked the episode a lot. I, we got introduced to a ton of characters very, very quickly. We did. Yeah. And a bunch of side story very, very quickly. And so I was very, very confused. And then it, luckily it all kind of tied back together, which I was happy with. But all of a sudden we're seeing these this prisoner and this random other prisoner and then this random lady. And so who ends up being the PI. So that that's Holly Gibney, who's played yeah. by Cynthia 
Erivo, uh, which and is, is a, a prominent character in the Stephen King universe in general. In in general, okay, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she's popped up as an actress in the last two years, like everywhere. Like I remember the first time I saw her was in Bad Times of the El Royale. She plays a, a oh, great character yeah. in that. Right. She's currently nominated for an Oscar for playing uh, Harriet Tubman in the Harriet movie. Um, she was in the movie about uh, who was the actress in that the 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 the. Uh, with Emma Stone, Viola, Viola Davis. No, oh. uh, she's married to Liam Neeson. Their Liam Neeson's robbing crew all die, and oh. the wives all have to come in and try and pull off a a heist. I don't remember what the name of that I movie can't is. Either. But Isn't she also in the new Bond movie? No, that is the lady that was in Captain Marvel. That was uh, oh, Carol Danvers' okay. best friend in that movie. Okay, so you were saying she's the PI. She's the PI. Um, it, she's a very interesting character. I, I, I think she does an excellent job with the character that's in the Stephen King universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like the fact that Terry Maitland is dead because to me that makes this much more of an interesting story as opposed to a heart-wrenching story because the damage is done. Mm-hmm. There, there's all the collateral damage that is going to continue to ripple out, and that's mm-hmm. that's reality. But in most instances, when the defendant, the accused, the protagonist, when they die, everybody just kind of stops. Like, life moves on, mm-hmm. except for the ripple effects and the collateral damage. Nobody really tries to continue on to find the truth because it yeah. doesn't matter anymore. Everybody cases just closed. makes their assumptions. Case is closed. You're not going to worry about it. So to me, the fact that there hasn't been a second victim yet in our storyline, right. I mean, there's the side story that we'll get to, but the fact that there isn't another victim in our storyline, but we're still tracing these steps. We're still trying to figure out this case. There's still evidence coming in is far more interesting than if he were alive and we were in the middle of the court battle, which would make it much harder because you'd then run into issues with, you know, disclosures and all those legal practice Mm -hmm. things. I think it is interesting, yes. Because I would say, other than Ben Mendelsohn, Jason Bateman would have been your biggest star. And Mm -hmm. they definitely, with the trailers to the show, sell it as... Jason Bateman is in this movie or in this show. Yeah. So it's Godzilla all over again. It's Godzilla all over <laughs> with Brian Cranston. Yeah. Uh, but yes. So him, I mean, obviously he's still a part of it as being the director uh, yeah. of the episodes, yeah. but we know to a point, we know the point we won't see Terry. And then if this other thing is a shapeshifter somehow is able to take on his personality, it sounds like we won't be able to see him as that anymore either because that version of the shapeshifter is going away yeah this is as soon as uh it seems like as soon as he after he killed uh the boy and then made it so that it looked like that terry was the one that did it he went to that barn we see at the end of the last episode in this episode the gbi is all investigating it he's shedding away the clothes and whatever kind of biological material that makes it seem like semen uh, but not, but not semen, <laughs> because semen doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, was his fingerprints on all the clothing went from being normal to being super aged? Hmm. 
Yeah. So that mean, I assuming that means that that version of that body is going away. It's almost as if it's rapidly aging and dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like they like peeled it off. Do you think that's the like he's like hus like like kind of like shedding his skin like a like a snake? Yeah. Okay. Huh. I think that's what that stuff that was left behind was. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely see that. So there's a character in X-Men comic books, <laughs> if anybody wants to <laughs> relate it to that, but her name is Husk. She can literally tear away her skin, the top layer of her skin, and underneath it will be the next version of whatever she needs the skin to be. If she needs to be bulletproof, she can turn it into diamond. If she needs to be, uh, like, she needs to bounce if she's falling from the sky, like, it would be rubber. Like, it's a weird mutant power, but that's her power. Cool. <laughs> So uh, that's the way I've been picturing it. Like it's literally just the the skin starts to get old. He rips it away, or it rips it away, and then the next version of the skin is underneath there. So that's mm-hmm. why his face was crooked when we saw him yeah. in the uh, the hoodie outside the courthouse. <laughs> well, and it fits with Jess's description of him being messy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But wh- like sloppy faced. Sloppy. What do you think inky means? I, he's gray. Gray, yeah. I would think that he looks like he's his skin is like sloughing off or something, like it's <clears throat> melting. So See. I took that differently. I took that as now that he, if he's becoming Jack, Detective Jack, like it, the process takes a minute, like like being cooked, like it takes it a, a, a few days or whatever to eventually look like what he needs it to look like. So it's in the process, like an artist in the process of drawing. Mm -hmm. See, and at first I thought it just meant that he had tattoos on him. Oh. The new skin had ink on it. Okay. That's possible. Possibly tattooed spells and stuff in order for him to be able to do it. I mean, that's what I took inky to mean, but. Okay. Huh. I think it's like for me. Like I'm processing it with the the opening credit sequence thing. Oh, that's oh. true. Like as that being part of the change thing, which you have to take into account that that the cold opening for this episode was really long. Right. When, when the opening credit came in, it was just like, oh wow, we hadn't done that yet. Oh, like, it's been ten minutes. <laughs> um, we see that our our detective Ben Mendelson's character, Ralph. Ralph has a very sordid past with alcohol and oh. you know <laughs> oh, that was a great scene he's uh, at a bar drinking his uh, I'm guessing scotch or something and he goes to break up a fight ends up beating up the other two guys because they just won't stop they have to pull him off of the other two guys and he comes back and finishes his drink yeah that's great yeah. <laughs> Do you think that was after his son had passed, or do you think that was before? Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna go with after because it was a flashback during the therapy session about the time in which the husband and wife were going through a rough patch, and you didn't, we didn't know if we were gonna make it because when something happens like that, you either yeah come together or you fall apart. So to me, that was very much after you lose a child because that's what often mm-hmm. gets talked about as yeah is people marriages either fall apart or or they get stronger they get really strong and then inseparable um do you, do you think he punched any walls afterwards <laughs> uh, i think I mean, punching punch flesh, flesh yeah is is the same 
kind of release. <laughs> yeah. Um, although we did talk, speaking of like punching things, because like we have Jack, or who's the new officer, the new police officer. The new, new. Who we... Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to hate him more than I hate whatever evil monster is out there because I kind of do at this point. Oh my God, I, do. I don't think he's I don't think he's around for long because they're taking so many shortcuts to have us dislike him. Oh yeah, um, yeah, fair. Yeah, I mean, well, like his first introduction is in like a strip club, right? No, no, no his first no. introduction is hunting. hunting. Oh, oh hunting, he's hunting, that's right. where he gets yeah. really pissed because his cell phone rings while he's right. supposed to be on vacation. But he, he killing also, something. He also kills things and doesn't like take the meat. He doesn't do anything with like he just left. Like we saw that boar that was just dead. Like, yeah, he didn't do oh, anything yeah. with it. That's what it was. Oh, so, he just wants to shoot things. He just wants to shoot things. Yeah. He just wants to kill. He's a very bad person. So. Yes, yeah, so they are definitely setting up for something to happen with him so that we either are yes or don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so at this point, things are happening to him. He went to the barn where the, the stuff was happening. Once again, weird police procedure in the show because there's no tape. There's no one on guard. The tape's been taken down prematurely because you normally secure a crime scene for multiple, multiple. days. Yeah. yeah. But that being said, <laughs> just... Well, and he also gets the call that he's supposed to go out there, and instead of going, he goes to the strip club first. And drinks. And drinks. And very rude to the working. stripper. Yeah. Very rude to the stripper. I, I like that when, when he left, he's like, yeah, they'll probably be gone already when I get there. And then he gets there, and he goes, what did I tell you? <laughs> After he clearly did other things before. <laughs> yeah, like he, he intentionally did it such that he would be there by himself. Um, because, In the dark. Because he hates humanity or something. I don't know. Well, then he contaminates the crime scene. Then he contaminates uh, yep. the crime scene. And we get a good jump scare. Woo. We get a good jump scare. And then he does the most ridiculous thing where he just kind of stands there as the whatever it is is attacking him. So, yeah. Like his gun is drawn. He's got it pointed in the wrong direction. And then it reaches out and either bites him or stabs him or does something and he doesn't turn around he literally just stands there. yeah it's doing something to the back of his neck yeah and i feel like it's supposed to be like the with the little girl like they said no one could get in without us seeing them or hearing them i think only the person that is being subjected to the thing sees or hears them so yeah it, okay. he's definitely yeah. it's it, i don't want to say it's definitely something supernatural because they might be able to change it up on us but it's definitely going that direction it's definitely making us believe that direction so uh, to me it was he the thing was talking to him in his head and somehow was able to freeze him in, in his position that's why he wasn't able to turn around yeah. or fire or doing anything. he was talking to it he's yeah because like, he talked to it before it stabbed him he's like i'm a police officer what do you want what do you want that kind of thing what do you want i mean he's a bad cop he made it to detective <laughs> but he is a bad cop still not figuring out how that happened i don't, but know. I don't that's know how fine. well cherokee city ever... is not the center of the universe as ben Mendelssohn said it's a pretty small podunk town apparently have we seen the chief of police yet i don't think no. so yeah yeah that's interesting i don't think we've seen anybody above uh, the detective. Detective, yeah. Uh, the, well, I guess the, the DA, GBI. But... Well, who wasn't he telling the his superior or supervisor? Like, I know you think I messed up, and he was like, "What do you mean, think I messed up?" Or I think that was like the that. other lawyer. Yeah, oh, I think it was, that was a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And also, but who's the guy that recommended uh, Holly? 
That no, that was, that was the, Terry's attorney. That yeah. was the defense attorney. Yeah. And no, no, the no, that was his PI. Yeah, no, 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 because yeah. uh, Terry's attorney said, "Have you talked to Holly after he had already talked to Jessa?" No, no, the the yeah, guy he that, recommended her. That was the PI that was finding evidence for the defense that recommended yeah. Holly. So he works for That's the lawyer. Right. Oh, okay, yeah, I got yeah. you. That's Ralph, Ralph and the CSI investigator go to Howard, the defense attorney, and Howard's PI. It starts with an A, and I forget the full name, but it starts with an A. And it's like Alec or something. Alec, I think. Yeah, and Alec and Howard. Well, Howard asks Alec, "Do you who do you think we should put on this?" Well, Holly would probably be our best bet. We can probably figure out where her spaceship is docked. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that other guy was uh, was in the first PI from the was first, the first episode. PI, but both the both part of the defense team. Right. Uh, so I know you guys brought this up earlier, but Holly is from other Stephen King books. Does anybody yes. have any? insight on that like what other story she's from what other things it, she it shows that she was in the bill hodges trilogy mm, yeah i don't know what the bill hodges trilogy <laughs> me neither yeah. okay i, I mean just, i just happen to know that she's in another is stephen king another one of those things that's like it's just a name now or a brand now and there's like a whole bunch of different writers that write stuff or is it still just him I think there's I think some he does writing. work with people. He does work with people. He works with his son sometimes. Joe too. Hill, the, yeah, yeah, he has a lot of his own stuff now. I just didn't know if like it's like I don't think he has an idea not, and he forms it out to someone and they write it and then he comes back and he puts. His yeah, I don't think it. he's like James Patterson, where Patterson yeah. like literally just doesn't write anything anymore. It's just okay. him yeah. and somebody else. He, so. not, Stephen King isn't Cloverfield. They don't just like go and put. Stephen King on the thing after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> he, he works with whatever writing team he, if he employs a writing team, he's usually working hands on with them. Okay. All right. But sometimes it is collaborative. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, a little bit of a side note, but that was the, he, we see the effects of whatever it is that attacks Jack in the barn as he as again at the strip club. Which is funny because we keep coming back to that oh, the strip club owner in that particular strip club. I, I don't know if it's just because of Jack, but that was also where Terry was. Yeah. Or the shapeshifter as Terry. Do you think... I think he's going to play a bigger role as we move on in the, in the series. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's probably going to have a clue, be the next person attacked, something along those lines. I think we're supposed to build up to that. So you also mentioned uh, earlier with uh, the prisoners, the new prisoner that we saw. So as we see in, I'm guessing, an Ohio prison, uh, a man is being a a new prisoner introduced into the cell block as he looks over at an African-American man in his cell. That guy gets really scared. We come to find out more that he's in jail for killing his two daughters. Killing just two children. Oh, I thought it was his daughters. I don't think it's his. Okay. So two two little girls and also I don't know if there was sex abuse or not, but if we went by what happened to the first boy that we know of, there would be. Yeah. Um. So he already gets a bad feeling about this new prisoner, and he starts. He pops out one of his glasses or the glass out of one of his out of his pair of glass. I don't know how you say that. Uh, the lens. The lens out of the glass. Okay. And he starts sharpening that on the side of his bed. Uh, Into like a nasty like raptor claw. Like <laughs> yeah. He then, we then find out through Holly that he was an orderly at the hospital. Mm. 
that Terry's father is at, Peter Maitland. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also where he got the scratch on his arm, where Terry got the scratch on his arm, or the Correct. cut on his hand. Uh, so, more than likely or not, the, the pieces putting together is that the whole process starts with blood. Some kind of scratch, some kind of blood thing happening. Mm-hmm. If we follow what they've given us, it went from the orderly to Terry, and now it's going to the next person, which might be Jack. Might be, might not be, because Jack ends up with this really nasty-looking rash, almost. Yeah, I feel like it's, it seems like a different process. Something different, because you yeah. think Terry would have mentioned that, hey, I was going through this weird... Or his wife would have been like, yeah, he had a rash... Well, because the daughter, Something, like it's at least the daughter, because the daughter's just like, well, he got that cut, mom. He yeah. Had, like the, yeah. Mela, Maya, Maya. Yeah. The Was older, it Maya? Okay, the, the other one, one. not yeah. Jessa. Not Jessa. Not Maya yeah. what said, oh, well, dad got that cut visiting grandpa, but she didn't say anything about a rash or anything like that. And Jack pain. doesn't seem to have a cut. He got. It's more like boils. Yeah, it looks like, like boils. boils. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and maybe a puncture wound. And yeah, maybe a puncture wound. Um, we're also introduced to the head of security for the strip mall that uh, the barbecue place is in in Ohio. Yeah. Do you get a funny vibe from this guy? I do. I yeah. get a funny like, vibe from every character in every series. <laughs> <laughs> something's definitely fishy. I don't know if it's good or bad. It, he definitely knows more than what he's saying, or suspects mm-hmm. more than what he's saying. And definitely wants to be involved, but I have yet to determine if he's got nefarious intent. I feel like that guy had some slight delusions of grandeur. Like when she says, oh, I'm a PI, or he says, oh, you're a PI. Yeah. It's like, ah, a fellow professional. Let's uh, exchange information. I was like, dude, you're a strip mall like security guy. Calm down. I, I was wondering if there was any kind of importance to the fact to the reason he said that it was just him that day because he said that the person who worked under him decided to use a taser on her significant other. Yeah, yeah, that was okay. interesting, but I just felt there like it was times. just like I'm sharing too much information. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that's where it's I don't like Stephen King's writing because he he does stuff like that where it's like why would you start a conversation <laughs> talking about how your underling straight no. up tased their? Husband? I thought that was weird that that happened, but then something similar happened later when she goes to the hospital um it's like people naturally overshare information with her or mm. she's oh, true. or she's picking up on something non-verbal and that's how she's getting like this almost psychic uh in like input so what john is talking about when she goes to the old post old person's hospital or whatever it is the hospice hospital or something the nurse at the desk says, I can't share any information with you. You're not a family member. And she's like, well, I'm a friend of the family. He's like, this still doesn't count. Well, he took me in as a kid, which is not true. Yeah. And, uh, and clearly me. out of character for him because she's like, that's baloney. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, he didn't. Well, then he also she said, it doesn't matter if you, he did. He wouldn't remember you. Like, that's the overshare part. Like, he's yeah. been on the decline for the last month. Yeah, yeah, she started going into his, like, recent personal history right. of his condition. But the, the nurse, uh, you know, quickly picks up. Is like, oh, wait, you're full of shit. I'm not going to share any more information with you because... You're yeah, but she was caught off guard herself, yeah. yeah. And I figured, like, maybe that's something she naturally does to people. That's, that maybe. that maybe. is interesting because we got to bring up the fact that Holly does seem to have some type of for lack of a better word, special powers. Yeah. She, as she's describing it to Ralph and the Alec at the bar, mm-hmm. she's, she 
can't tell you what the day is today, but she can tell you what day May 2nd will fall on 241 years from now. Yeah. Like, it... She, she computer she, brain. Yeah, she definitely knows who was playing in the 29 Mets or whatever it was, or the, the, Cubs. the Cubs. And I don't think it was 29 either, but... But she can. Yeah. She, she has a hard time dealing with people when the like in the present. Like yeah. when she says, tells that dude, "You're sitting in my seat." Well, like, and her introduction too is her looking out her window, watching cars pass, and then she's talking about the history of that car's make and model, mm-hmm. which especially is just, the year too. Yeah, and in at night in the rain, yeah. when she's basically just hearing the engine. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. She, but she also doesn't like to be at heights. Yeah. So, she's got. All kinds of things. She they've been. Te- she said she's been tested, videotaped, and everything, and yet no one can figure anything about out about her. Yeah, why she is the way she is. Well, and she's clearly very good at reading people because she does look at Ralph at the end and goes, "I know it's very clear that you don't like alcohol." Thank which, you for, for the flashback, mm-hmm. but you did it to make me feel more comfortable. So thank you. Yeah. So like she at least registers. Like she's not just facts. Like she also reads people too. So that. I guess that would be a way of throwing out like she's uh was it Asperger's where you can't read emotion? Uh it says that she um she has OCD, synesthesia, sensory processing disorder and she's somewhere on on the autism spectrum, which yeah. is where that lands. That's basically the labels they would throw on her though because they basically don't know what she is, so they just put everything that could possibly fit. Mm-hmm. Basically that's what they would do. Is is her character I don't know if anybody knows this, but like from the, like you said, the other stories, is she described as the, uh, as, as being African-American or is that just a decision they made? Okay. Is she described as being white? There's a flat out different image. There, there's an image of some other actor who played her at some point. Oh, at some other point. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay. So how do you, how do you think she's going to play out in the, in the further long of this series? Is she going to be here till the end? Is she only here for a couple episodes? What do you guys think? I think she's here till the end. Cause I, I think she's going to get, I mean, cause obviously I mean, she talks about the myth of the doppelganger and she goes through and that's where dark uncle actually does come in. Cause that's the finish term right. for it. Um, and so I think she's going to be intrigued. Mm-hmm. I don't think she goes anywhere. I don't think that this is a character that they play fast and loose with and have get hurt either. Okay. Yeah. I just don't think, I just didn't know if maybe she's going to come in for this little part where she investigates what happened in Ohio and then she'll give her report over and that's it. That's the last we'll see. Him. And, and, and uh, Ralph is the one that has to put the pieces together. I don't think so because she calls him and says sometimes it's nice to hear the voice of somebody who's on my side. Well, that was after yeah. the point where the the nurse just got really upset with her. So I, that's why, to me, with her, uh, you know, symptoms or you know, or the way she is, it's hard for her to be yelled at. She was definitely shaken by not knowing. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's really what shook her was the fact that she's like, wait a second, there's a whole other piece to the story that we know nothing about. I wasn't prepped for, and I'm always prepped for everything. Yeah, I always have the answer, so not having the answer really threw her. But what I think that line was supposed to imply is that she feels comfortable around Ralph when she's not comfortable around most people. Because she, as she points out, she doesn't know who she reports to. 
but she clearly knows and has worked with both Alec, the other PI, and Howard, the defense attorney, before. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't choose to call them. She chooses to call Ralph when she's shaken up. Okay. Uh, some information that we got from the interaction with the nurse is that, one, the nurse doesn't know that Terry's dead. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think yeah. this is because, like, what Al, uh, what uh, Ralph said is that because it's Cherokee City and it's, you know, people might not know what's going on in that? Or is it because someone who looked like Terry had shown up within the last couple of days? I think it's more just that the news hasn't traveled and Glory hasn't decided to call them because she just that's not what she's thinking about. She doesn't care. Okay. I think there's a strong possibility for either of those things. I like the idea of it being for something more. And, I don't know if it is. And the other thing is the detectives coming by a month ago or within the last month. Yeah. Is that just because uh, did Ralph go there to talk to them or did they send people no, there to no. talk? I think that's a tie in with the orderly being arrested and they were investigating. So oh. that other prisoner, I think that the Ohio detectives were there trying to see if anybody knew anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Because my guess is that there was also contradicting evidence. Oh, so that's in that what, instance. that's what she thought the report, mm-hmm. she was a reporter for. That particular, that particular case, yeah, not, yeah. The, not the not case the case there, yeah. Oh, see, I think what happened was was the orderly was at work, probably seen on video cameras at work, but was also at the same time just finishing killing mm-hmm. two little girls. Correct. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I did not put that together. I agree with this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, you've been a little quiet. Any anything, anything else in particular that you liked about this episode or were interested in? I like the tone and the music. You did repeatedly yeah. say yes. that I would love to just have this ambiance music just playing in the background of your house. Yes. The and have the lights music. turned off. <laughs> yeah. Just have it dark and moody. Um, you know, the tone of this show reminds me kind of of an old Fox show called Millennium. Kind okay. of an X-Files spinoff. The pilot episode is probably one of the best pilot episodes that I've ever seen because it really is good. The show eventually kind of goes off the rails and it becomes a lot more supernatural and it even actually crosses over with the X-Files at one point. But uh, that very first show, because it was so ambiguous, like there wasn't any real supernatural element to it. It was just, uh, you know, a crime drama with essentially somebody who was a zealot and... um, I felt like it did a lot of kind of what this does, which is has these really weird camera angles. There was one where they're talking about the findings of the on the clothing and how, you know, it was, you know, the scene where they're saying it's not semen, but we don't know what it is. It's still at the lab. The way that they framed it inside the diner was such a weird angle. And there's a lot of really weird camera shots in this that I really like because it makes the whole thing unnerving and uneasy. Like, you can't get comfortable. <laughs> no. So they do a really good job of that um, feeling. Which makes me think, like, what is inside Jason Bateman's head? <laughs> well, he didn't direct this one. He didn't direct this one. No. Okay. It was Andrew Bernstein, I okay. think. Mm. There you go. Um so I guess the last part would be talking about Janine and Glory. Like, how did you feel about the interaction with that? Like, I understand a lot of stuff is going on with Glory at the moment. Her husband was first accused of killing a little boy. Well, sexually raping a boy and killing him. And then, uh, then uh, he was killed. And now her kids can't get go any school. repeat. Yeah, they can't, they can't go to school. Like, what was it? The, you can't even enroll them in a different school. 
Because any school in the area, they're going to pay for the sins of the father. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, a real bad choice of words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, oh, God. Have you ever seen We Need to Talk About Kevin? No. Um, with Ezra Miller and Tilda Swinton? No. Kind of similar situation, except that in this one, it's Ezra Miller's character that does the the horrible thing, and it just follows her even though she moved to a different town. So he, she's his mother? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's sort of like, yeah, like people just won't let her live it down, you know, calling her a horrible mother for raising a monster, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. That's it's reality. As I say, basically the only solution for the girls is either homeschool or some version of witness protection type of style, complete change of name. New identity, yep. New identity yeah, if connection. They, if they just moved to another city, though... No, because they would have to mention that their father died. Why did their father die? Because kids talk about that stuff. It's a full cycle. Okay. Uh, is she? Is it understandable the way she acts towards Anderson to Ralph? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. Think he's he, he went above and beyond for that arrest. That's yeah, true. Yeah. It this went was way not... way out of line. Yeah, that was ugh, that was one of my issues with the first episode. Was it's just like this would not happen no well, it was the emotion of his own son too yeah but mm-hmm. that's why i was like this is such but, bad it's just the whole show this is why it has to be supernatural me because the whole show is really really bad protocol <laughs> like it, it has to not be real <laughs> like uh but jessa who is who has been being visited by this the man the man, the man. uh asked for him personally says I have a mass message from the man for him. Should Glory be more accepting of Anderson in the in their house and like just being like this is what the daughter wants kind of thing or is it still warranted how she acts? No, I think it's still, it's warranted, still warranted because yeah. he starts to question Jessa. Where she just wanted him to shut it down kind of thing. But and as we learn that's her style of parenting. She mm-hmm. tries to convince them that what they're feeling, what they're seeing isn't real, which may be the case yeah but it's always real for children which i actually really like that small little lesson you get because it actually is how you should handle uh nightmares for children you shouldn't just shut them down because they'll keep on having it because it is real to them and just telling them it's not real doesn't work doesn't work at all they have to convince themselves yes and that's exactly what ends up happening so yeah uh, but in this case it is real so (laughs) (laughs) as uh glory not glory uh janine uh, Ralph's wife is allowed to talk to Jessa. Mm-hmm. She goes along with it. It's like, well, what, what? How many times has this guy visited you? It's four times. First time looked like dad. Second time looked less like dad. Third time looked like the messy man. Fourth inky, time looks yeah. like ink. Now he looks inky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and more muscly. And more, and more muscly. muscly yeah. And the arms, like yeah. here and here. Like, I uh, was thinking that was being um, him becoming. Like him looking more like the angry cop guy, Jack. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Maybe. Maybe he looks like Howard. Who's Howard? There's the lawyer, because he wasn't around when I when like Janine was talking to instantly him. Instantly went to Howard the Duck, and that was. <laughs> <laughs> but Howard's not particularly so muscly. muscly. He's stocky. He's stocky, but not muscly. I mean, she described bulging muscles. muscles. Bulging muscles. Yeah, he's he's definitely a flabby lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Jack definitely looked like he had some guns. So, uh, 
as as she then later comes back to talk to Glory without the kids around, without mm-hmm. lawyers around, without Ralph around, she kind of gets her to open up a little bit, and that's when Glory tells the story about how Terry uh, would do the same not not just tell her that the leprechauns aren't real, mm-hmm. not tell Maya that the leprechauns aren't real, but that they can't leave Ireland anyway, so it's okay. Yeah, they're yeah. perfectly real. They just can't leave Ireland. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, you're safe. <laughs> we're oh, good. Good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> that whole movie took place in Ireland, so. <laughs> yeah. I think this could also go back to that Terry takes care of a father that has Alzheimer's, and that's another way that people tell you to handle Alzheimer's patients, too, is to don't knock their delusions, go along with it. So mm-hmm. figure out how to yeah. de-escalate the delusion. Yeah. My, my one concern was that when he... Like in that situation when he would have been telling her like, oh, but they can't leave Ireland. It's like, well, what if she saw a leprechaun in the hood? <laughs> or space. And he, yeah. And he'd be like, shit. Like, she'd be like, shit, one got out. No. They can go anywhere. Well, I think luckily the older kid only showed them the first one with Jennifer Anderson. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, what you do is you give your kid a four leaf clover encased in resin. And then that's like your lucky charm. They can't get near you anymore. <laughs> Just keep shoes. If you, she watched the movie. If you throw shoes, then the, the oh, yeah. leprechaun has to keep shining them. So that's so also we'll just buy you a really push. big shoe collection. Most little girls want. I mean, (laughs) anything else that we should take from the interaction between the two mothers? I think it shows that Glory, because while she's very angry at Ralph, she doesn't extend that anger to Jean. Right. Yeah. It and so, and Jean is Janine is one of the few people that can at least empathize with the loss. Mm -hmm. She can understand. She can understand that that kind of extreme loss, um, and I thought it was very poignant when she asks Jeannie, "How do you live with it?" She says, "It's impossible." Yep. Mm. Anybody else? Any other thoughts as we wrap up? I I think this is a much better version of the Stephen King kind of story, where it's like um, they give you a whole bunch of different plot points, and you try to connect them yourself. I think one of Stephen King's kind of things is that they give you a bunch of plot points and then you slowly put the things together in your head where you're essentially making your own story, which is only going to be you coming up with the thing, the version of the thing that's the most interesting to you. And then the end is where people drop out a lot like, ah, it wasn't the thing I liked so much. (laughs) I think this is a much better version of that than Castle Rock ever was. Yeah. Fair. (laughs) How do you feel about the pacing of the show? Steven, we talked about that last week. I, I, this is much better. The first episode, the first few minutes, uh, I I was like, I don't know if this is the show I need right now. <laughs> um, Fair. But then yeah. like, watching it and finishing the episode, like it rolled into the second episode and I was like, okay, no, yeah, I'm in. Okay. <laughs> so I, I think it works. I think it just has a slow start. John, any thoughts on the future? Any predictions? Any speculations? Hmm. I think I came up with a few as we were going along that this skin changer thing, whatever it is, is leaving a trail. And now we're starting to see that, you know, kind of how this all is relating. So I'm just really curious to see how it pays off. And Mm. I'm really interested in the Holly character. Like I thought her inclusion in here was like, well, of course we have this character in the series now. She's going to be like the, uh, the golden ticket to making sense of all of this because how do you explain the unexplainable by having someone that they too are unexplainable be the conduit for it 
And I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm in. Let's keep seeing where this goes. Jessica, is uh, Holly going to find out, find a trail of uh, young dead children throughout like America and people that have paid for this, these crimes? I'm sure she's, oh, yeah, I'm sure she's going to find it. I'm sure she's going to stay too. I think she's going to be the counter to Ralph. I have a feeling we're going to get that stereotypical, like, he doesn't believe in the supernatural and she's going to be like, you kind of need to like, (laughs) that's what I, that's the vibe I'm getting from their relationship right now. So. Wait, so they are Encarnacio and Steven. (laughs) (laughs) I only believe in science. I only believe in science. Elizabeth is, uh, are there going to be any surprise twists towards the end of this? Um, I mean, I think there's going to be some surprise twists for Ralph. I think we will kind of see it coming because we'll be able to believe more. Because I, I agree with Jessica that Holly is going to play the counterpoint of sometimes the unexplainable is the explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think more likely than not, the there is going to be another child murdered in in our in our town. In Crescent, no nope. Cherokee City. Cherokee, Cherokee City, yeah. and I think Ralph is going to run into this. I think the rest of the police force is going to assume the evidence is correct, and it'll be somebody else. And I think Ralph is going to have some almost flashback to what just happened with Terry, and be more apprehensive and end up fighting against the rest of the police force in that fact because I think the rest of the police force is just going to accept the hard evidence at the scene and it'll just be Ralph going wait we just went through this we just did this and I'm not sure we got it right and in that case I feel like the murder would have to be slightly different though because it it couldn't match it too perfectly because if it matches it too perfectly then the police force would be like well I make the connection that oh maybe Terry didn't do it but yeah no but I I mean if you look at the one in Ohio two kids instead of one girls instead of a boy so I mean even just that enough of a subtle change I think the police force will have no problem assuming that they're separate because that's plus that was also state lines though that was also state lines but it's very as much as we like to talk about people catching the patterns of serial killers yeah that's not something that actually occurs till you're three four five six bodies in and especially when they jump states because states just don't talk to each other that Mm -hmm. well but even multiples in a same city unless there is some sort of really bizarre signature they just the assumption is is they're separate yeah and even signatures with serial killers usually don't show up till later later on on kills when they start getting too confident Especially if there's enough evidence to point to an individual, you have fingerprints, you have DNA, you have video evidence, you have eyewitnesses. They're just going to take that at face value because that's that's what you, nine times out of ten, what the evidence says is correct. Like you don't tend to end up with a lot of really different interpretations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you don't. People don't often get framed. <laughs> like, statistically speaking, people don't often get framed because that's a lot of effort. Um, so I think what's going to end up happening, I think the culmination and the climax of this will be, and perhaps it's the strip club manager that we keep seeing, somebody else will be accused of another horrific murder and Ralph is going to 
have an uneasy feeling about this and he's going to have to grapple with that. Did I make the right decision or the wrong decision last time? Is that going to change the decisions I make this time? So one of the, the thing, one of the last questions that I have, and th- which came up because of this episode, is that could it be written in there that along with this doppelganger taking your personality, you're also cursed, or taking your entity, identity, you're also cursed to eventually, you know, to die rather quickly? Because as we saw, Terry gets shot by the the other son, and then the man who in Ohio gets he, he takes his own life instead of letting a dude kill him like they both come at a very gruesome death like a unnatural death so I, I, I know that's out there I think I think it just happened to be that they were both accused of killing children and stuff yes. which is fine so, which is also like why is it that the why is it that the doppelganger skin shifter whatever has to make it so that the other person is the one that it is the one that is that has to fall for the crime. Like if he can just change bodies again, then what does it matter? Why does he make such a show of it? Yes. Because I think he gets off on the power. No, yeah, that's the other fl- thing. He, I think we saw that cause he flipped off the cops in that one piece of footage. Oh, yeah. I, I think it is truly just, I think as much as it is a supernatural individual, it is playing off very, distinct human nature and the form of serial killers who tend to get off on the power of the crimes. Yeah. Okay. So if you have any questions or any insights on this, we'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geekly Media. John, where can people find you? I am on Twitter at Magic Bollocks. <coughs> Elizabeth? I'm uh, with the Geekly Media. <laughs> Jessica? I'm on Twitter as JM Bailey Writes. Steven. You can find me on Twitter at as Peppermint Gentleman or Peppermint Gent, short for Peppermint Gentleman. And sometime this upcoming week, I'll be posting a podcast recorded with a friend of mine named Alex talking about Star Trek Picard. So yeah, if you have CBS All Access, you should definitely check out the first episode of Picard, which came out this week, and then listen to Steven's podcast on the subject. Now quick question. I'm sure this will be addressed in the podcast, but uh, how no does spoilers. this compare to okay. no? How does this compare to uh, Discovery? It, I like this so much better, and I don't think that's just tied to nostalgia for the next generation. I, I think it's just already setting up more interesting stuff. <laughs> Are you excited for Whoopi coming back? Season so three? much, so much. <laughs> I, Guinan is a fantastic character. Yeah. Okay, if the rest of, uh, keep an eye out for that. And then for the rest of Geekly Media, it's at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, Facebook.com. For, what? I was going to say the thing with you. I was premature. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. And geeklymedia.com is our website. Check out archives of this podcast and other podcasts on our network. But you can also, if you want to email us, it's geeks at geeklymedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.